The other avatars may not be able to help you anymore. But perhaps I can. No one can help me now. I know I haven't been the best mentor to you. But I realized it was because I had a lot of spiritual growth to do myself. There may still be a way for you to stop, Fatu. How? Let go of your attachment to who you think you are. And connect with your inner spirit. Haven't you heard anything I said? Rava is gone. I'm not connected to a spirit anymore. I'm not talking about Rava. Rava is not who you are. Come with me. I need to show you something. Why are you showing me Vatu's prison? Because this tree had a history long before it held Vatu. This is the Tree of Time. And the legends say that its roots bind the spirit and physical worlds together. And you think this tree can help me somehow? Yes. I have read that long ago, the ancients would meditate beneath this tree and connect with the great cosmic energy of the universe. These are my memories. The Tree of Time remembers all. Korra, the most powerful thing about you is not the spirit of Rava but your own inner spirit. You have always been strong, unyielding, and fearless. Avatar Wan. Before he fused with Rava, Wan was just a regular person. But he was brave and smart and always wanted to defend the helpless. That's right. He became a legend because of who he was, not what he was. He wasn't defined by Rava any more than you are. Welcome back to the Vendors Podcast. I am Sam Stanish. We are a queer Legend of Korra superfan podcast here to talk spoiler-free for the book two, chapters 13 and 14, finale of book two. Um, with me, as always, is the dark avatar, Derek Reining. Wait, why am I the dark one? What did I do? Well, I'm the good one. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that, you know, that makes sense. Also, the orange glowing eyes is probably... A sign of something. I also feel like you sort of grow to gargantuan size and inspire me to do the same. I do tend to do that actually a lot and become squid-like in um, appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we <laughs> are joined by a super special guest this week. She is a talking mushroom, Marie Leclerc. Oh my, I literally, I wrote down, I have gender envy during that scene. Like, I am... <laughs> I am the talking mushroom. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Wait, Marie, I can read. Are you, do you see her pronouns still or do you? I'm like a she they. It's like fine. You know, like. Okay. You know. I I wasn't, we haven't <laughs> spoken on about gender in a bit. So I wasn't sure what you were It's fine. To. Yeah. It's, we're all cool. cool. And all smacks of gender. Yeah. Marie, <laughs> welcome to the pod. So oh, happy you're you. here. Thank you so much. Man- I'm, yeah. Derek and I have known Marie for six or seven years yeah. uh through the internet you might recognize marie's last name by uh fo- if you follow along with the pod sister of michael leclerc uh you know just a powerful sibling duo thank you yeah i'm happy to be yeah. here yeah it's good i love to come on and talk about um the yeah the worst season of cora um but the best <laughs> maybe maybe the best episode other than beginnings because it 
ends the season, which is super cool. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> the best part was when it was over. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Coming in hot. But yes, we've known Marie through the internet, or as I call it, the fog of lost souls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was like in the fog of lost souls, just like speaking funny things into the abyss, and they like kind of guided me out. We and did, then here yes. I am. <laughs> Which we can get into that when we get there, but like very shades of the Digimon uh, Adventure 02 finale in which characters were also trapped in a fog that made them have bad memories. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. I was being reminded of the swamp from Avatar. Like I was like, is this the same thing? Like, I don't know. Never really got clarity <laughs> yeah, on that. If- if there is fog in this universe, you know there's going to be some spirit wonkiness going on. There's, It's never just fog. It's never just like it's kind of humid outside. It's it not condensation. It's it's <laughs> it's a soul, and it wants to fuck with you. You mm-hmm. will see the twisted memories of your past. <laughs> Guaranteed. <Yeah>. Trust. <laughs> like, I imagine uh, in the Avatar universe when, like, you know, they have cars and they get on their little weather apps and it's like, uh, weather warning, there's going to be fog. They're like, oh my God, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have all these visions when I'm on the road. I'm going to have to like, you know, I can't go into work yet because like my dead mom is going to try to come talk to me about something or like this, the spirit of uh, like automobiles is going to like mess with me on the road. I sincerely feel like one generation down the line, Republic City is going to have a department that just, like, controls the weather. Because we saw Aang and Katara do that in book one. And so once they have, like, two more airbenders with free time, I'm like, okay, like, they're never going to have to worry about what the weather is going to be like ever again. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, you're right. They, that, it also makes you curious, like, what do other weather conditions invoke? Or is it just fog that's, like, spiritual in nature? Like, <laughs> if it drizzles, is, like, is there going to be, like, a dragon appearance? We don't know. Well, but, based on the events of this episode, I'm sure that all the weather spirits will be coming through and uh, mm-hmm. knocking people around a bit. Yeah. Come through. Just, like, that's... T- ima- okay, Tenzin's, like, only experience in the spirit world is this crazy fog. And so Cora's like, I'm going to open the portals and let all the spirits come in. It's like, Tenzin <laughs> is probably like, why would we do that? Yeah. I I was, like, thinking, like, ten- it was, like, a whole big point a couple episodes ago, episodes ago that Tenzin has never been to the spirit world. And he's, like, weirdly cool when it actually happens. Like, you kind of, even though he's, like, calm and collected, like, I feel like he would have fanboyed, like, a little bit harder. But they're, like, all in the spirit world. And it's just, like, it's just, like, very regular for him and it's like you've been like simping over the spirit world your entire life and you just got here and you're just like ah yes here here i am (laughs) i agree with that that like i did feel like tenzin was gifted with otherworldly wisdom in this episode where just like how does he know a bunch of the stuff he's talking about and he read a book once he's never been in the spirit world so it's like what? They were like, no, Genora needs to be the guide, and then like it ultimately ended up being Tenzin anyway. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah, um, and yeah, he just like, like you said, just like knows things. Like, who wrote about the spirit fog? Why is that a thing people know about? Whatever, but not the I, giant scorpion voiced by Grey Delisle. We didn't know about that one. I also felt like Avatar Warren. Like, I didn't think that people knew about him or like. I just felt like if, if anybody was going to know anything about Avatar 1, it would have been Jinora, and Jinora didn't know about Avatar 1. And now, like, Tenzin's coming in with, like, all this knowledge of, like, who he was as a person. And I was just like, 
this is like a good way to wrap up the season, but it doesn't actually track with what we've seen. Yeah, well, it's like ever since the audience sees the episodes talking about Juan, everybody knows about Juan and harmonic convergence. Like yeah. people just be using harmonic convergence in it's just in their vernacular and everyone's like ah oh, yes this you know this thing it only happens once every ten thousand years you know, like they had a glacier spirit festival like wouldn't they have a festival about harmonic convergence if everybody <laughs> knew about it it's like everyone just like knows about it like yeah. at the end Cora speaking to a crowd and she references harmonic convergence her like, speech was so bad <laughs> nobody what knows what this any of this means who is your audience like literally just it, it cannot be the people in the crowd it's just the people watching this show don't yeah. worry they like everyone's read the script like everyone yeah. in the crowd they were distributed like even when they're not in the show they get the script so they understand what's what's up they they okay. get it yeah you're right, you're right. yeah <laughs> um that's like yeah it's funny to think about <laughs> like they're like okay but like why are there literal snakes flying around the sky now <laughs> like we don't yeah. understand all she said that anybody could understand that wasn't part of the, like, team was that she's, like, stopping. She's, like, giving up part of her responsibility as an avatar. Like, that's yeah. all anybody would know. Like, I'm not doing this whole bridge thing anymore. And people are like, what? I I don't have a TV. I didn't, I don't know what's, I haven't been following. I don't know what's happening. Why are you saying this? And now there's going to be spirits everywhere that I am fully inequipped to deal with. Yeah, why? Like, yeah. why has this happened yeah how's there not like mass hysteria right now <laughs> like literally people being like eaten by giant scorpions or getting their faces stolen like i feel like there should be more panic around yeah. this or just like a spirit human uh you know meeting task force so someone in charge of like yeah. helping this transition but nothing set up like that we need a committee and i don't think we're getting one because no, no. Cora's not the bridge anymore. So. She, no, she said, no, I'm, I'm not in for me. I'm not going to do this anymore. It's not me. <laughs> I'm not the bridge. I am not the girl you think I am. <laughs> Y'all can be your own bridges. Like, it's fine. Um, but, you know, we're getting way ahead to the end of this season. We have a whole entire 45 minutes you got to talk about first. Um, which we start with, we are in the like purple zone of like in betweenness, whatever this place is called. Um, and they're like, they pretty quickly like yeet Unalak like out of the zone. Like, I love that that's like kind of our first thing yeah. we get from the finale is just like Cora like literally like whooshing him back outside, which I thought was hilarious. It's not a bad strat, you know, as long as like Bolin and Mako can hold up their end on the other side, which um, oh, that maybe that's oops. where the strategy goes a little wrong. It's like depending yeah. on Bolin and Mako to do the thing. But like, I felt like that kind of was a bad strat. Like, it's like Vatu could just fly through the portal also. That's also yeah. true. He was out can, of the cage. Yeah, they can all go in and out of the portal and they kind of end up doing that yeah it was like it didn't really make sense and yeah mako and Bolin fully shitting the bed like multiple times in this episode like which is so sad because like i think it was last week we were literally like wow they actually are holding their own in a fight for once and then they just get like bodied instantly by not even like the big bad but like the twins <laughs> yeah yeah you would think that this would be like there if Kor is gonna fight Unalak, like those there are two underlings who are there also to fight. You would think that they would sort of like beat them, but they didn't. Mm -mm. They use the power of heterosexuality to save the day. 
with Bowen. Um, yay! Yay! I love it. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, and I I feel like Asami's presence was just like sorely missed in this episode. Like literally, nary I, a mention. I was pissed. I was so <laughs> mad. Like they sent her away for no reason last episode and i was like i like oh i don't remember what asami does in the finale like it must be something but she's literally there to say one line of dialogue to be like where's cora and it's like her dad could say that let asami be a part of the group but yeah she's just watching Janora be asleep like they didn't even have her i don't know she could have gotten her zap zap gloves and gone and helped the fight or something but like she j- no you're just gonna stay with katara and, and watch the small child be in water for hours on end. okay, yeah. okay. Go off. She, like there there were so many like pieces of machinery at the camp like there like she could literally have done anything but all they had her do was fly home like what why is she part of, why is she on the show if they're like not gonna have her do anything yeah and they mention like like when asami and bolin are talking to each other um during the mover thing and they're like team avatar splitting up blah blah you think like oh foreshadowing they're gonna get together no like asami's still not gonna be there (laughs) yeah they're like man that does suck anyway back to the like the anyway back to being separate (laughs) the three of us (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. Which is, yeah, it's so awful, but whatever. We don't need to get into all that, but it is. it was just very upsetting to, like, notice that she literally was not there and uh, whatever. Um, but, yeah, so they're fighting in this little zone. Um, meanwhile, we get, like, I forget, like, did the air siblings, like, run into the portal last episode? Is that what happened? They were That's all what... there, and then the Tenzin and his siblings, like, ran away from the fight area to go look mm. for Janora. Okay. That's why I was like, it's hard to keep track of, like, who's allowed to bend in what parts of what worlds. Um, so I was like, when he was, like, blasting the fog away with the air, I was like, is this, is this allowed? Are we allowed to do this? It I was allowed. <laughs> Only Junora was there as a spirit by the end of the season. Okay. Yeah. It's also it's hard to like... track spirits, because they don't need footprints. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yes. That's what we learn. <laughs> really good. That stuff from Kaya where she was like she was like okay I'm gonna meditate and I'll see and then she like she was like there's a bunch of spiritual energy coming from over there and then we was like we're in the spirit world there's spiritual energy literally everywhere <laughs> I believed her I love I feel like this this dynamic was possibly the strength of the entire season like the three of them and like seeing them work together and like fall apart and yeah just their, the, how their relationship works. Because we didn't get to see Kaya or Boomy almost at all last season. So, like, I think that this was probably my favorite part of the season overall. They were the real team Avatar. Because they were together all the time. The entire season, it was, like, the three of them. And we got to explore their dynamic this whole time. And they're doing they're doing hijinks and shenanigans. Like, they got to search for a child. Now they get to search for another child in the spirit mm-hmm. world. And it's just super yeah. fun. I also like. I really liked um, when they get chased um, by Gray Delisle Scorpion. They get like, like ran off a cliff, and like the animation's <laughs> really cute. Like Kaya's like eyes are all swirly and foaming at the mouth, and it was like very mm-hmm. cartoony. And it was just like I just like I love that for her. Like yeah, make her a little silly. Like yeah, it's fun. Me too. I really love that scene it, for whatever it just like activated the part of my brain that loves like cartoon hijinks, and they were like giving classic like team avatar we're gonna we have a mission we gotta accomplish we're gonna get chased by something um and yeah it was amazing i love that 
I agree yeah. because they like they were much needed in this episode because the action sequences were really well done, but like they weren't story focused. Like it was just like blasting at each other with no like dialogue between the enemy and the protagonist. Like we've grown so used to, I feel like in this in this show in these universes. Like I just there was nothing like there was no back and forth. There was like almost no mention that this was Cora's uncle. Like there was no family connection. <laughs> like nothing about her dad. Like the, they were just like blasting at each other. And so uh, I'm glad that we had this secondary plot line to carry through emotionally. Yes, and it made me really want to see. I know that's like stupid fan servicey nonsense, but it was like, man, I wish we could see like young air siblings having a, a like being sent off on like a bison to have adventures. I'd be yes. down for that. Maybe mm-hmm. in book three, the air babies will have their own plot line. Oh, I would love that. Maybe. What's <laughs> to say? Mm-hmm. There's no way of knowing. Um, no, I mean, how would we know? Yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they, they do this whole thing where they're like, okay, we find this, like, anglerfish scorpion thingy, and we're trying to find Janora, and, like... Tenzin just like comes up with this fog of lost souls thing like out of the blue. <laughs> He's like, "Oh yeah, there's definitely this one place where like if someone is lost, they will go in the spirit world." And I read about it in a book once. Let's go there right now. <laughs> yeah, like I I believe that he knows a lot of i'm sure he's looked at all of the information about the spirit world he can find especially as he gets more insecure about not being able to go there himself. But it's like, how is he an expert and? It's just, like like I said before, I how is he able to rescue Junora when Junora is, like, supremo spiritual energy goddess, like, is attuned with the spirit world and always has been? And he gets there physically for, like, one second and is able to, like, know everything about the spirit world and do everything. <laughs> like, let Junora... Let her have her thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, like, I feel like it would have been cuter if, like, some little spirit, like led them to the fog of lost souls because the little spirit was connected to Janora and like the little spirit's like, Hey, follow me. I'm a little dragon rabbit butterfly little little scamp. And I'm going to show you where Janora is. I feel like that's more fun and believable than tended just going, Oh, I know what to do now. Yeah. Yes. I, or like, I feel like it would have been better serving like the emotional arcs to have like Boomy be somebody who's like more attuned or like just anybody other than Tenzin where like, Somebody like it just would have to, it just makes more sense to me over the course of the season for like somebody Tenzin doesn't believe in, like Boomy, who's probably more attuned with his actual spiritual nature. Whereas like Tenzin keeps trying to be Ang, but Boomy has never tried to be Ang. Like I just feel like Boomy is himself. And so I feel like that is what should be rewarded in the spirit world. Whereas like Tenzin knows all this stuff, which is great, but he doesn't actually attune with himself until he has a vision of Ang later. Yeah, I agree. Like, I would have loved, I think that idea of, like, them following a spirit is, like, a great connective tissue to, like, Janora, because, like, that's how Janora was, like, being, so, like, she just trusted the spirit, so it'd be fun to have a little scene of, like, some spirit thingy, like, flying around them and Tenzin shooting it away, but then the other ones being, like, hey, dum-dum, like, spirits are trying, would they try to tell you something, we should listen to them, like, yeah. that would have been a lot more fun, but whatever, we still got fun scorpion chasing. Right. Yeah. Especially since, like, there was a 
big point earlier this season where it's like dad favored you you know we didn't get to do all these things and it's like we know all this stuff about Tenzin so if like if they just revealed more about like Kai and Boomy that would have been cool like we did get to see Boomy do his crazy like unbelievable story stuff in the previous episodes <laughs> and it's like okay yeah that's what he does and it's like they don't give as much for Kaya as like what kind of she brings other than being obviously a boss as lesbian like there's not Absolutely. really much else she brings the only <laughs> the only thing kaya wise i can think of is they had a reference to her like being aimless and like traveling around the world between mm-hmm. like when they grew up and when ang died and then she came home and started taking care of katara i think but yeah. like i would like to learn a couple more specifics about like what she did on this journey it sounds like she's a nomad like so yeah. like I would like to hear more about that and sort of figure out what she was up to and like if her go-to plan in the spirit world is to meditate and sort of like sense energy like that's a good idea like yes. I, I, it felt like there were steps being taken and then it didn't go anywhere but that's okay yeah um but- so we get a couple fight scenes like Cora and Vatu are fighting Cora is like flying around using fire out of her boots and <laughs> Vatu traps her with some vines and then Mako and Bolin are fighting. Ice ice comes at them from a bunch of directions, and they're like, we can't win. Oh, my God, there's ice everywhere. And Mako's <laughs> like, we don't have to win. We just have to make sure he can't get through. Failure. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they dropped the ball on that one. I, I, like, I personally would have had a fully different strategy. Uh, yeah. For this like, why not make a giant earth column so, like, you physically can't get into exactly. the beam? Like, literally? <laughs> And then they they can't do anything. I mean, maybe they could water bend all the way up, but just make that tower like real tall. I don't know. Make it difficult. Yeah. They're just standing there, like oh, oh, uh, left, right, like, uh, up and up or down. What what's happening? <laughs> do... It was definitely giving that. Um, do you remember that avatar game on Nick.com that was like yes. ping pong kind of, but with yes. bending? Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. So it was. They were like trying horribly to like with a really poor internet connection to like block the ball and it just was yeah. not it wasn't happening oh so when all you needed to do again. yes it was <laughs> just referencing this game mm-hmm. all you needed to do was stand right in the goal and you would win so like you don't need to do all this do the first thing you would ever think of mm-hmm. well that's their problem they don't think and that that's okay that's where there are hippos um yeah yeah but um so they get trounced yeah and uh, you mentioned the vines like where did this i don't understand this whole vine thing where did this come from like since when do spirits control vines like that i'm like i also don't know because it was always that like his water bending had some spiritual property but now it's like spirit vines i guess it's like connection to nature and plus darkness equals purple vines but there were yeah there were powers and like things happening in this episode where i was just like none of this is in the show bible (laughs) yeah they were like vatu and vine kind of sound very similar we're just gonna gonna, go with that and it's fine (laughs) symbolism is vines here and uh, Mm -hmm. in whatever in whatever form just like go off just do it king Gorf, yes. I mean, he's like made of like ri- spirity ribbons. Like, why can't he just trap people with his spirity like slug tail? That makes more sense to me than vines. It sure does. Oh. It sure does. <laughs> I have no answer. I mean, maybe Vatu gained connection to vines by being in the tree of time for oh. ten thousand years. 
Um, and you these see. are like the vines that are maybe they're roots, and that's the, it. Was like the roots connect the spirit world to the material world or something. So maybe oh, that's what those are. oh, that's big You're brain. I think that is it. I think that is like yeah. actually the answer, which is weird. <laughs> it's, it's a like, weird. It's like fun. It's creative. I like the idea that he like formed like a, a relationship with the tree. He's like he just is politely asking these vines to do these things because he's like you know they're besties now. I would also like to say that I was made fun of for drawing a bunch of parallels to Wheel of Time, but they literally named the tree the Tree of Time. And it's like, there's no need, there's literally no reason to call it the Tree of Time other than that he was in it for 10,000 years. But like Tree of Time, Wheel of Time are kind of similar. So I'm just like, this had, I feel it's intentional. I mean, there's no way, there's not a single Robert Jordan stan on the writing team. A bunch I of think. white nerd men, like, there have yep, to so. be. I'm here. <laughs> and I'm, <laughs> I'm picking up on it. <laughs> They're not slick. They're all about uh, ripping off Star Wars and Avatar, so it makes sense they would move on to Wheel of Time, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what weird white nerd property will they go to next, do we think, for the next Avatar series? Like, what's even left to plumb? The Stormlight Archive itself? Um, anyway. <laughs> you know we don't know what that means. I think Marie knows what that is. Brandon Sanderson? Boom. Thank you. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so Tenzin and the siblings have like been walking around in the circle. This is where they meet this mushroom that speaks. Would love for the mushroom Me. to become a regular character. <laughs> wow. I, the, his voice, the... his like his shape. His size, mm-hmm. his colors—it's giving—it's yeah. everything. It's like, oh wow! In, I some—they're like we haven't been walking around in the circle, and then Boomy's like, "Yes, we have. We've passed that mushroom a bunch of times." And Tenzin's like, "That's not the same mushroom." And the mushroom's like, "Yes, I am." <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that is yeah. Very good. It made all of book two worth it. Just in that moment, you're like, "Yeah, okay." And well, now like, I feel like we've scene... been. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. No, go uh, ahead. During the scene, I I was like thinking about. What I do enjoy about the season is that it's very colorful and they, they mm. visually take a step further from what they did in book one. Cause book one was all very sepia and, and browns and neutral earthy, but we get a lot of colors in this, like the fight scenes and stuff in the spear world. So colorful. And it's, it's like my, my brain that's always seeking for extra things to look at is like very happy here because we, they mm-hmm. got, they really got to play around with all their favorite colors here. Absolutely. The purples were popping. There were like lights in the sky every time. There were like mm-hmm. giant glowing kaiju people. Like all of it. Yes, please. I yes, agree. Mm-hmm. And this is when Iroh comes and he's like, I can help you leave. <laughs> so you need to, <laughs> dudes, you need to go. <laughs> yeah. But they're sort of like, no, we have to save Denora. Mm-hmm. I forgot Iroh comes back in this episode. I was pleasantly surprised. I hadn't like watched this season since it came out, I think. And then my brain just kind of like deleted information about the season because I didn't like it. So like mm-hmm. there were a lot of surprises for me just because my brain <laughs> is bad at retaining information. So that was fun for me. Um, I was happy to see him again. I thought he only came back the one time, but then he was there. And yeah, it was very funny where he was just like, nobody actually comes here because they want to come here. So you want me to, you want me to show you out? <laughs> like, you know, it's okay. Sometimes you just got to leave a child in the spirit fog. Like that just is the case sometimes, but yeah. you know, they don't listen to him. I feel like this is the first time like people have been rewarded for not listening to Iroh. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's that's new. Right. Usually true. he's just like the right guy. The guy who was right is his role in the narrative. That's true. He's been dead a long time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I felt like this could. I mean, like these are characters who knew Iroh in life. So like I I guess I would have wanted a bit more like I don't know back and forth. And like, also weren't as of... shocked as you would think. Well, Tenzin knows everything about the spirit world. Mm, true. That's true. And maybe also as, as Iroh was like on his deathbed, he was like the last words were like, and also I'll see you guys in the spirit world. Bye. And they're like, okay. They're so if we're ever... <laughs> so they're just like, they were expecting to see him at some point in here anyway. It's like when you run into your friend and you're like, oh, I remember you used to work here, but like, mm-hmm. I never... and that's like, or you're like, you're like in their neighborhood. So you're like, it's like odds are I'll probably see this person. So yeah, like it checks that's out. It was, yeah, you're like, okay, the very muted response to that. We were he, he's just here. If I were to see him in the material world, I would be surprised. Okay, but now that the portals are open, can Iroh go to the material world? Yeah. What's, I feel like he would what's... just crumble into dust if he tried. <laughs> I I yeah, that's weird. Maybe it's like a um uh Legend of Zelda link to the past situation. He'll be like he'll have to be in like in a, like a an animal form or something. He has mm. to be like not a human for some reason. I'm also thinking about how he doesn't have a material form anymore. Material form. Material uh, form. Like, but like, I'm sure that like the spirits do. Like they just are all. They all. It's. I mean, we're we're drawing these connections between humans and spirits, and like humans have a material form and a spiritual body, and I'm guessing so do spirits. But like spirits just have more spiritual energy. And but like Iro is dead. Like his body is dead. So and he like transcended to the the spiritual world as only a spirit so it's kind of like what Jinora was in this episode where she is just a spirit so he probably couldn't go to the material world mm-hmm. but anybody could go visit him like that's true yeah it's like they just opened literally like a gate to the afterlife like you could just talk to people who are dead whenever you want i guess black mirror is quaking and writing down everything <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then the Avatar universe and Black Mirror is just a feedback loop for the for the rest of time because they do mm-hmm. need another a white boy sci fi thing to go into here for the next. There we go. And it's just Black Mirror Avatar. Black Mirror. They've really they really are just scraping the bottom of the barrel at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Black Mirror, I guess. I don't like, know. People like this, right? People talk about it. All right, let's do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're all doing their thing and. Um, what I found was really depressing was like that Cora like almost wins here. Like she has Vatu in a little bubble. She's doing her thing. But literally Mako and Bolin are losers. They're losers. Look, if only Asami was there to help. Like that, it, They it need one like... brain between the two of them. And they could have gotten that if Asami was there. Yeah, Mako and Bolin were doing okay when it was two on three. So imagine how it would have been if it was three on three. Like could have had you know a bit more evenly matched she could have you know been a strategic mind businesswoman uh <laughs> through the battle i'm sure she had i'm sure she's got she she could do anything she could be in one of these tanks she could be in a plane like flying around this portal like she would have been so helpful absolutely but you know if ifs and buts were candies and nuts we'd all have a merry harmonic convergence but yeah. we didn't Cora traps Vatu in the ball that Aang did in the Ozai fight. Like, it was just kind of like... And, like, I know that's what Avatar wanted to Vatu too, but it's sort of just like... This reference means nothing. Like, it's, it's literally just... It's a reference to for the sake of being a reference. Um, which, you know, 
good on us, but truly just fan service. Um, but Unalak <laughs> rides in and just like splashes Korra and she loses her concentration. Damn. Yeah, which <laughs> that's awful. That's you hate that animation cancel from him. Like that's that's just cheap as fuck. <laughs> really terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I I um, he literally did a wave dash. He, he wrote did. it on a wave. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I like I like you said the ball is like I don't know if it, I don't know I I think it's cute that it's like this is like a thing that avatars do like oh that's just kind of their go to they're like I'll do a swirly Saturn thing yeah for a it's Avatar with a capital A it's like that's that is their thing that is what that they is do. their yeah. thing and it's I guess it was I, I guess it was Ang referencing Wan's imprisonment of Vatu mm-hmm, exactly. You know, maybe it it will take some sort of now that all those past lives are just deleted. I guess um, maybe they'll come up with a new formation. Maybe it'll be like swirling tornado of all the elements. Who knows what the shapes she could a cone, a pyramid. It could be anything. Ooh, show me the rhombus of elements. <laughs> yes. Oh, that'd be fierce, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So our boys fuck up, and now. Batu is fully free, and this is when the slug enters Unlock's body and becomes super slug evil man with orange eyes. Yeah, the Which dark is- avatar. And Which okay, this this was the first time in the episode, uh, they did this like two or three times, where the cut to commercial break was something that was just so apparent, but somebody had to say some line of dialogue where like, they like had this whole fusion animation, it's like, clearly they are one person now, and then Unlock <laughs> is like, we are now one and it cut to black and i was like i know <laughs> and he it's said over. it too he said it was like we are now one it was like not that dramatic it was like kind of anticlimactic that's what i was saying literally like a few episodes ago unalak is like the king of like the weird line read that like should I, it just is like he says things and it'll like end on like a like, wait, that's the end of the sentence? You're, like, kind of waiting for them to say something else. Yeah. he He's, like, in the booth, like, making sure he's saying the words right, and then that's all yeah. he's doing. And then they're like, oh, wait, that was the only... Oh, oh okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Let's keep going. Um, yeah, I, it just very was silly, and, yeah, very apparent, like, what was happening, but whatever. So now he's the Dark Avatar, which, like, what does that mean? Like, he can't bend any other elements, presumably. He just can do right. water and vines, which he could have done anyway. Like, like Vatu never received the other four, the other three elements, or, like, even water. So, like, but, like, I guess the next, I guess if Unlock were to die, uh... Does he reincarnate into the next I would like cycle? to see it. Or it's probably backwards, like... To, oh, of course, because that's evil. Joker, Twister, mindset. Jokerified. Uh, yeah, or it's random, because he's so random. LOL, he's yeah. wild. <laughs> and then I'm sure, like, because Unalak was definitely powered up when he was dark avatar state, so, like, I'm sure it's similar, and maybe over the course of the cycle, they pick up all the other kinds of elements, but who knows? I'm yeah, sure the dark it's... avatar can control the elements of war famine <laughs> um what is it pestilence pestilence and disease i want to say well that's pestilence he can mm-hmm. like take a sneeze out of your nose you know oh that's that's well i don't know that's actually pretty nice that's not evil at all to like rid you of the sneeze well okay but he would use it for mean purposes oh, he would he, be, or he would he would be jokery a- about it 
He'd be like, I'm not like other avatars. I take your sneeze away from you. Oh, and it's, yeah, I can, I can see that because you're like kind of denied the satisfaction of the sneeze. Exactly. Like, you, yeah, get like, you know, when you have to sneeze and, then... and it just goes away. That's what yeah, he does. He's not. He'll yeah. do that to you forever, every time. To every human forever. He'll just send out little sneeze spirits that won't let you sneeze. That's the 10,000 years of darkness. Mm-hmm. That is the dark avatar. Yeah. <laughs> A little trickster man. Yeah, I, I so this is, like, where things get kind of confusing to me. Because I still didn't really understand, like, how much of Rava, like, how much does she really, like, make the avatar because it's like was Korra bending at all when Rava was sucked out of her I feel like she did like an air jump but maybe I she got propelled by Tenzin or something but it was like I don't know it's really weird to like think about so if like the only reason the avatar can bend every element is the spirit like does that mean all of Korra's bending goes away or just the other three like what does it mean it's it's weird I don't understand it yeah probably why they don't (laughs) try to even talk about it (laughs) they're like uh let's get her into the spirit tree so she can become a giant woman and we don't ever have to consider what the actual implications are of rava being just like snatched out of her body or like dead for a little bit but then not dead Mm -hmm. yeah um so at at the same time tenzin and his siblings (laughs) are in the fog they like they didn't take Iroh's advice and they just ran straight for a prison because they're like, Junora must be in there. It's like, why would she be in there? <laughs> it's convenient that it worked out for them. If she wasn't there, it would have just been a little silly. Yeah, yeah. And the fog clears and it's just like, uh-oh. Oh, that's, oh. And during this time, we see Admiral Zhao, another <laughs> slick reference to the previous show, just for all us heads out there. Um, and he thinks Tenzin is Aang and like to me this is like one of the first like it like the ten Tenzin trying to be Aang was never like what I thought that the plotline was about until this finale where like they were like this is what it's about I just like I just knew that he had like a lot of pressure on him but I never thought he was like trying to be Aang I I don't know it was I I worked I just would have liked it earlier I guess yeah like you could tell he was trying to honor Aang but I don't think he was trying to fully emulate him yeah, he was like, I don't know, it's like when when someone feels pressure from a parent, it's not that they want to be that parent, they just want to meet that parent's expectations. Right. But maybe that's not as cool to visualize as like, here is your dead father telling you to stop being him. Yeah. yeah and then, but then the father becomes you. <laughs> I don't know. I guess there were things like throughout <laughs> that where Tenzin was like saying like Aang could always like dad could always do this kind of stuff that dad could do this kind of stuff but like I didn't feel like it was all I just needed a little bit more to make this moment really hit because he was like dad could go into the avatar whenever he wants go into the spirit world whenever he wanted to but I never thought that that was like connected overall to like him his plot line but it was Surprise, that's the twist of the finale. This was part of the plot, and you had no idea. Yep. They all tie themselves together, um, and then not too long after, Boomy starts hearing cannibals in the fog, I guess from, like, his previous adventures, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. And Kaya doesn't remember anything, uh, because we don't know anything about her past. And uh, (laughs) so they they both untie themselves from Tenzin and run away. And then Tenzin tries to blow the fog away, but it comes back. 
There yeah. was a really cool shot here when when Boomy was thinking they were cannibals. It looked very mm-hmm. like Junji Ito, like the way yeah. his like, pupils were really small and his eyes and like the angle was like his face was oblong and he was just like darting back and forth. It was like it was giving spooky for sure. I thought that. Was <laughs> I feel like they. I feel like they did. They did similar shots like that with like um, when people lost their bending last season. Yes. Like what's his name? Lightning Bolt Zolt. No, well, I yes, oh, but me. I was thinking of creepy yes. water guy. Oh, ta, Tan, Tano, 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 yes, Ta, yes, it's Tano, yes. Um, <laughs> and they did stuff like that then. They did, yes. I yeah, I love fun. that. It's very much the whole like anime characters when they're about to lose their shit. Like it's yeah. great. We love that. It was cool. Uh, the cooler version of the Kubrick stare. <laughs> if Kub- <laughs> if Stanley Kubrick were a good director, it'd be this. Good. It would getting be controversial too. What a drag. on the pod. No, I, I, yes, I'm whatever. Because <laughs> if there's like one thing Stanley we can, Kubrick. if there's one thing we can say about Legend of Korra, it has good direction. Oh, I mean, if if there is only one thing we can say about it, that that would be it. Um, yeah. So I agreed. I like that little scene, and yeah, I like the idea of Kaya like being a character who becomes aware of the fact that she doesn't have like a backstory. Mm. <laughs> like she's like. <laughs> Yeah. An NPC that learns that like this is her only like dialogue. Yeah, free guy wishes. Like, oh my <laughs> yeah, because the thing about the fog is that it haunts you with memories of your past, but Kaya literally doesn't have those. It yeah. Was, yeah, it was the SpongeBob not remembering his name in her brain of like, wait, we forgot what her backstory is. Oh no. And she freaks out and leaves and unties herself. I'm glad they have the wherewithal to like untie a knot while they also are having these like yeah well They're if planned. i woke up and was tied up to people badly to i to people i didn't recognize i would probably try to untie myself that's fair <laughs> so yeah there um tenzin gets stuck in this fog but he sees his dad ang again with the horrible chin strap i don't know why they did this um of all the characters they've done with Aang up until this moment where it's I to me like this is not Aang like this is Tenzin seeing a twisted up version of Aang who's like finally (laughs) nice to him like it's so bizarre like but like he finally has this realization that he is not his dad he's Tenzin which somehow makes the fog go away for long enough to find everybody yeah it was like in book one a, vers- a vision of Aang came to Korra and was like, hey, fix yourself. And she said, okay. And then in book two, Aang comes to Tenzin and goes, hey, fix yourself. And he goes, okay. Done. I will do that. Yeah. <laughs> and then he does. And then the fog goes away. Um, I mean, it, it makes sense. Like, we, we saw that the spirit world operates on just, like, life lessons, basically. So That's I can... True. Yeah, I just don't understand why it comes back. It's just like, okay, I guess the spirit Other was, people just... have lessons to learn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I guess I'm being overly critical because I, I mean, but I did just watch seasons two through four of Infinity Train in the past 72 hours. Uh, and that show operates highly on life lessons. It's literally about, as a, as a textual piece, it is about the characters growing as people. Like, and oh. that's how they solve the problems fierce that's fun it was 
highly recommend to any fans of Avatar Infinity Train. Very good. Um, okay, but at the same time, all this fog stuff is happening. Like, they finally rescued Junora. Junora's like, I have to stay and help. And they all hug. Okay, but, like, at the same time, Unlock and Korra are fighting. There's, like, a bunch... There's, like, Korra almost dies, but then Rava's like, you're not gonna die. And then she's like, you're right. And then Avatar State, boom. Um, and then... Mako and Bolin are trying to talk to the twins. See, like this, I like the with Asuka and Desna. I felt like they were handled poorly this entire season. Like, I don't understand why at the end. How did it flip? Like Bolin now likes her, and she doesn't like him. Like, I never really felt like there was any reason for her to stop wanting to be with him. It just fully none of it makes any sense. Yeah, like, and it's weird that they, like, imply Bolin does have feelings for her. Like, what? Yeah. Where did that come yeah, from? Yeah, like, literally where? Wasn't he just being super weird about Ginger and wanting to be Ginger's, like, partner? And, like, what? what's, what is happening the, here? In the last episode, he and Ginger got together. It's like, and yeah. now he's, like, trying to be engaged to Aubrey Plaza. Which is understandable. I guess if, like, you're in her presence, you're just like, uh, marry me. And, like, sure. Why not? I guess. Yeah, he finally realized that the dynamic works for him, and he was like, "Oh my god, I need to get on this." Yeah, and like, yeah. but like the thing that turns the twins is that Desna, like Desna's now like, "Dad was gonna let me die," and it's like that was five episodes ago. Yeah. Like, what, where is how is he's this like? Now that you mention it, that did happen. <laughs> now that we're in the spirit world, and he's all dark avatar, and you're crying in the ice. Now I'm really recontextualizing the fact that my father was gonna let me die. Also, where the heck is their mom during all this? Like, they at one point mentioned there is a living mother figure in this family. What? Yeah. What is she doing? It's like, how did she not come on the initial trip to the Spirit Festival? But also, like, now that they have the portals open, like, why isn't she there? Like, where is yeah. she? It doesn't make sense. Like, they, they say it, like, oh, what are we going to say to Mother? It feels like it's supposed to be setting up for that to be a character. Um, Yeah, and but it's like, why was she not here? I feel like they just work better as just, like, let's just assume the mother's not there. Like, she she died. Yeah. Like, that makes more sense that they're, like, more attached to their dad because he's the only parent figure they have in their lives. Like that That's kind of what I was better. assuming because they never talk about a mother. It's like, okay, they're, like, they're, they're team dad all the way probably because mom's not in the picture oh she is this whole time she's just been chilling in the north i guess just vibing yeah but how could it have been how could it be a copy and paste of amon's backstory without a mom exactly a mom (laughs) a mom mom. (laughs) the the next villain is a mom it's amon's mom is here (laughs) honestly i bet it'd be good (laughs) yes um but yeah i Mm-hmm. Because uh, that would make more sense. Because then it's like, okay, so then we can kind of fill in the blanks of like, okay, well, if the mom said maybe she died, or and that's why Unak became into spirits and wanted to get into the spirit world because he was looking for his dead wife. Like, yeah, because he like it, especially because we we know that Iroh is here in the spirit world. Like, he could be looking for connect reconnecting with her. Like, that's maybe where all yeah. the spiritual like obsession came from. Because right now we we still by the end of this book do not understand why he was so into spirits whatsoever it never came up how did this happen it just like at least with Amon, we like understood we literally were forced to watch his backstory <laughs> like yeah. against our will at, like uh, we cannot say the same for Ulok. we have no idea and his like brother is like 
we get no reaction from um Cora's dad about his brother being dead now. He's dead. Like that's just the fact. His Unlock is dead. Yeah. I feel like it would have been like cute if like when Cora was like four years old having a tea party with Iroh, if like there was some random water woman there and it was revealed at the end that it's like Umanalok's dead wife or something like that. Mm-hmm. that could yeah, have she been, could like, be a like fun time. Mm-hmm. She could be like, yeah, my husband, I know there's someone who keeps trying to find me, but I'm, I don't want him to find me, blah, blah, blah. Like, just give us, like, that story. Like, that's all we would need to fill in the blanks of, like, why he is the way he is. But yeah. we just don't get to know why he wanted to be a giant evil squid. We don't. His motivation is just, I I, I like spirits. I think mm-hmm. I same. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's he's you know just guy who likes spirits. Make up a guy guy who is very into spirits. That's him. But thing I is, mean, he's bad. He is it, evil. That's the catch with him. And it's like we saw a reference to this kind of character in this episode. Like Admiral Zhao was the same way. Like he had an obsession with spirits, but in the other way, where he like wanted to kill all the spirits. It, but it's like there was I I don't know. It's just we don't. That in neither of them really like I can't remember why Zhao was super against the spirits either. Like he was just wanted to use them for power, I guess. But like his was more so like about like he wanted to make a name for himself in history, and so like killing, yeah. literally killing the moon is like yeah. that's a pretty easy way to put yourself in the history books. Um, so I get that for Zhao. Like, and also Zhao wasn't the literal main villain of that book. He was like the mini boss. <laughs> yeah, and but like I and I all we know about. Unalak is comes from Tumblr posts where they're like all four of the Korra villains are like in seeking this like ideal version of ideal but go about it the wrong way or whatever and it's like he's a quality or something right like I think he's like all I feel like what I've always seen was like they were like different forms of government and his was like oligarchy or something which doesn't really track because it's like not about like spiritually being it's just I don't know it made no sense yeah but you know cool giant kaiju fight that's fun i like that yes that was that was, we dig that okay wait i'm pulling up a pinterest page amon was <laughs> equality through persecution and the unalak is reconnection through destruction it's like what are you saying huh? okay wait okay <laughs> now i'm seeing amon was communism and uh unalak was theocracy sure. okay yeah sure Kamanumism. Oh, okay, wait. And now um, it's um, Amon is equality and Unalak is harmony. That's what I'm thinking of, I think. But it's like it through a bad way. And then the I won't reveal for the other. But you could just ascribe per, like good qualities to any villain in anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that doesn't really whatever. It's just like people yeah, it is ext- yeah, extreme reach. But I get it. It's like when you come from Avatar and then you come to this like by design book like this the series yeah. that is literally designed to be just chunks we're searching kind of, for patterns we are we're like <laughs> our stupid brains want us to be finding connective tissue when maybe there is no connective tissue and that's okay there almost never is that's in the, first the twist half. that's the twist is there is no twist to this okay so they're doing a big fight unalak grabs rava out of Korra's body um by like tentacles like come out of unalak's face which is pretty cool and like right onto Korra's face pulls rava out they trap rava and then they start like beating rava up and like that's yeah. making Korra's past lives disappear such a sad visual this like tiny little slug getting just like whipped with water 
my poor lesbian queen Rava really got got during this she, scene. She did, just like literally sliced in half. Like, damn. Yeah. That's yeah. a rough way to go, honestly. Especially if you're just like a little single single celled organism that just is here to bring happiness to everyone. Yeah, she's like yeah. canonically a good person. Like that's like all we know yeah. about her. And she's, she's fast, but she's a good person. Oh yeah, she's got a little bite to her. She's fun. Um, because like you can't be like a the embodiment of good if you're not like a good time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or if you're not prepared to give like tough love to people. Oh yes. yeah. And she is. I'm sad we didn't get like any did we get any dialogue from her? When she's like out and about, she just is like silently being like, not when she was smacked. out. <laughs> yeah, only when she's like is... giving Cora the pep talk. Yeah, yeah she like inspires Cora using her strong lesbian voice, and it breaks Cora out of the ice, and that's mm-hmm. all that I makes can sense call. to me. Yeah. Okay, Juan, fi- like Juan is the final lifeline, and like he disappears. Ginora senses that like Rava is gone, basically, and she like mm-hmm. is like, I have to go help, and she like disappears. At the same time, Unalak becomes gigantic man. Um, Neon. Nia- Nia- Evangelion guy and like, yeah. like <laughs> flies up into the sky. Yeah, <laughs> Which just like eats into the sky. Do Very we know cool. why he goes to Republic City? Did like, we ever establish why? No, like he's like never even been there. Like I think that it's just because he knows that they're probably the biggest threat to his like world takeover or something. Which but like it doesn't actually great. make any sense because like he, all of his power is based out of the North and South Pole, so, like... Yeah, he's are... it's the furthest away from the poles, isn't it? Like, in the middle of the world? Yeah, yeah. they literally Which just it... want to have a big kaiju fight. Like, I think that's why. Yeah. Which is fine, I'm but, like, at it. least give us... Uh, yeah, give us, like, a line of dialogue that explains it. Like, yeah. even at some point in the, like, season, be like, hey, like, Republic City represents everything wrong with the world right now. Like, it's too technologically forward. Then it makes sense why he wants to just like blow it up. Yeah. No, he just picks it because it's like a place that we know. We're like, all right, we're going to be yeah. over here. <laughs> I do like his design. It reminds me of like in Kingdom Hearts when you're in like the tutorial mode and there's that big guy. He like kind of has the same shape and vibe as that sort of heartless man. Very thing. much with like a big old symbol on his chest. It's very yeah. heartless for sure. Yeah. Another thing that I always think about is like when we see all the past lives, how is it determined at what age all of these avatars are represented? Because like Roku's always like 70. Is that just like the truest form of Roku is when he was a 70 year old man? Kiyoshi's always like a 20, 30 something like queen. Like Aang, for some reason, they were like, Aang would love to be 40. Like, why did they choose (laughs) all of these ages? Like, how does that. It's at the just, height of when they were serving the most cunt is when that that's what they decide. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, we've talked about that before too. And it's just kind of like, we don't know. Like, it, would Iroh really choose to be this? I guess he does prefer his life as an old person. But like, yeah, just ultimately, I don't know. If Jinora is going to go into the spirit world as a spirit, like, is she, does she see herself perfectly as herself? I guess that's why she's so spiritually connected. But yeah, I would have. I would like to know a bit more about how they select, like their character creation screen in the spirit world. Yes, because yeah. they did ain't I, dirty. They with absolutely this representation, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't understand why they want to to be like. I'll be in my twenties. Like I'll be a hot young thing. That's yeah. Fine. So that's the end of the first half of the finale, 
and I felt like it was good. Like it was a good, it did a good job. I, I enjoyed this half. Like they didn't give me many answers to questions that I would have liked or like they didn't do everything perfectly, but I felt like it was a solid episode uh, with solid resolution. And it like truly is the darkest moment of the season heading into the finale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it yeah, still but... has these fun like side sort of plots with the with the Aang kids going in the spirit world, and we kind of get to hop back and forth and see different things. Bolin and Mako were just letting me down the whole time, but like it's you know that's continuity for the season, yeah. so we like to. That's consistent with their characters. They're bad at yeah. bending, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they we never saw Asami for one second in this episode. We'd like no check in at all with what was going on back over there, like nothing. Yeah, and then it's weird when Unalong shows up to Republic City, the army is there. Did they establish that that was a thing? Were they just like prepared for this? I don't think so. Maybe they just always are a little bit. They're on edge, they're like expecting yeah. some shit to go down, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Lynn is I, the oh. head of the police, they're ready to fight at all times. Mm-hmm. I'm like, maybe think, like, there was a scene, like, I'm sure there is, was, like, last week where someone said, like, we should set up all our Navy in the ocean because something could happen. Yeah. Well, I guess, like, Cora comes to the mover reveal and she goes to the president and she's like, no, I'm not, I'm not fucking kidding. This is, like, bad. And he's like, oh, okay. Okay, yeah. And then he's like, I have to protect my people, blah, blah. Yeah. So, so we'll, like post up, we'll post up in the bay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> it was giving Again. Pacific Rim. It was giving, you know, all these things. Godzilla, like all that stuff. It yeah. was, which is, again, I like the idea. It's cool. It works as like, just like jangling keys in front of my face. Like, wee, yay, big yes, fight. It is fun to watch. Like, bare bones. My eyes are having a good time. Yes. Absolutely. And we do get Iki, and I love that, like, we get to see Iki and Milo's reactions to, like, giant monster fight. That's fun. Yeah, they're so funny. And the mom's like, be careful, sweetie. <laughs> Don't get too close to the giant squid monster. Yeah. <laughs> Unalak destroys the statue of Aang. It's like, has Unalak ever even spoken about Aang before? Like, I know that he's, it's, he's the avatar and that's like a statue of an avatar, but I'm just like, what was the connection there? Yeah, he, <laughs> had, he had to jokerify the statue because he's a dark <laughs> avatar. It's all about the yeah. dark avatar now. Yeah, which is weird. Like, wouldn't he respect Aang for being, like, such a spiritual avatar? Whatever. <laughs> Doesn't make sense other than to justify some, like, sort of transition from that to Korra being, like, unconscious. Like, okay, sure, yeah. why not? Which they, is a fun they, transition. Villains, it is. It was nice. Um, yeah. Like, it, these villains do just love to deface that statue, don't they? They hate Amon literally... Amon literally built a giant ass mask just That's to true. put on Aang. <laughs> They're like the, the writers are like, "What's the worst kind of symbolism we can do that means literally nothing? Let's affect the Aang statue." Yeah, the audience loves Aang. Okay, hear me out. We are gonna shit on the statue. That's how you know he's bad. Of our main character from the last series. What? Yep. No way. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that Aang statue, like, that's what Aang should be looking like. I in know. His, like, spirit form. He's, like, clean-shaven and looks nice and young. I know it. I think he's probably, like, 16 in that statue, maybe. Or, like, 18. Yeah. Like, he's, yeah, he still kind of looks like a child. But his yeah, spirit I... is, like, a stern 40-year-old man with bad facial hair. Exactly. <laughs> that will be my choice as Aang. I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. 
Um, but so yeah. <laughs> um, but meanwhile, while all this like shenanigans, like uh, Vat Unavatu, I think is like what people call him, mm. like makes vines appear because that's the most evil thing he can imagine doing to a city is making vines appear. Um, yeah. And um, we see Varric and Julie escape, which is fun. Yeah, that was great. I'm glad that the, like they were ready to go. I think that in my initial watch I or of season two, I don't know that I was like obsessed with Farrah and Julie, but now I am, and I just like love them. And I like they're they're just ready to go. They're like you know we were playing we, we had a plan in case the wall that we were <laughs> of our prison yeah. cell that's like fifty floors up got broken. So okay, let's go. <laughs> I like that they they were like antagonists but they were still like silly the whole time and they like wrapped up their story in a very silly way for the season they got more of a conclusion than asami which is really um you know disrespectful to asami but it was fun we got to see julie just like hop like a backpack on the <laughs> he's fully there for varic it's it's very cute um and yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's like where are they going who cares they're just flying away having a good time <laughs> Mm-hmm. Julie Varric confirmed is, top. Oh, Varric is like if you combine Joker and Lex Luthor, like he's like super rich, but he's crazy, and he's got this like female assistant. Um, and I love him. Yeah, no, I felt like like I I remembered him being revealed as like some big villain, but like ultimately he wasn't that. Like he stole Asami's stuff, but I don't feel like that was really given the narrative weight that it should have been. And he was like trying to help Cora's goal the entire time. Like he was trying to get going to save the South Pole. Yeah, they were yeah. like, they were like, Asami, you should be a war profiteer. And they went, Oh my god, yeah. And then it was revealed that Varric was like war profiteering a little harder, and they were like, Oh no, that's not <laughs> <It's> okay. Like, <laughs> That's what we were supposed to do. It was our friend who was supposed to be war privateering, not you. Yeah. Back in the spirit world, Tenzin finds Korra, Mako, and Bolin unconscious, alone. Like, nobody's there. Unalak is not there. And as soon as they wake up, Tenzin is like, did you stop Unalak and Vatu? It's like, what do you think? <laughs> no, we... no, babe. <laughs> Why would we they took a little, victory, <laughs> a little victory nap. Yeah, a fiesta siesta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Korra says the Avatar cycle's over. Korra will be the last Avatar because Rava's dead, and so they can't reincarnate. And this makes me feel sadness. It does, yeah. and no one in the room, like no one here, like I don't know. They all look sad, but it's like, babes, you lost the literal Avatar. Like, surely there should be some reaction to this. Yeah, I was like a little but, disappointed in herself, but. I feel yeah, like really... I'm wa- I'm watching this like what what are you talking about and they're just like oh I'm like where where is the sense of urgency where's like people yeah. like literally breaking down like we literally don't have an avatar anymore like that's this is bad <laughs> I mean it's a repeat of when Cora lost her bending in season one like there like, there was like less than five minutes from when she lost it to when she got it back and in this it's like the next scene is Tenzin being like you need to meditate and like be yourself or whatever and they take her to the the tree of time and they like go and meditate and the tree shows Cora her memories and like Tenzin talks about Avatar One and is like he wasn't just the Avatar, like he was Avatar One and like Robin didn't make him himself. He was himself without being the Avatar, and that was blah blah blah. But like, see, for if for me, I'm like, if she's gonna do this part and like get memories back here, 
and she was gonna have amnesia earlier in the season after she like saw Avatar one. Like, I feel like this should have been where she regained all her memories. Like, I it, I, I don't know. Like, it, it just seems like there's they they really needed to have her not have memories for a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. And if we're gonna regain memories here, like, why not have that be a bigger stretch or like maybe the only. Maybe she thinks she's Avatar One for a couple episodes. Like that's the only memory she has, or like something where like she has to remember who she is. Because over the last couple episodes, I haven't felt like Korra doesn't remember who she is, or like doesn't have strength in herself. Like that's that's it's coming out of nowhere just to like have Tenzin talk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It feels yeah very disconnected from anything we've learned. It feels like Tenzin's projecting. He's like, "This was my problem, and now I guess you also have the same problem I did." Course, like, sure, I feel like actually the real answer is I just kind of reach into his chest, but I'm gonna go along with what you're saying. Yeah, also, I would have liked to see more memories that weren't just literally from the show. Like, if there was just, I don't know, Cora playing with a small, like, polar bear dog as a Aww. kid, why are all yeah. her memories just the past two years? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's you know, just not a great memory on this girl, that's fine, you know. Yeah, I guess that's relatable. Mm -hmm. You're like, yeah, what the fuck was I up to three years ago? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Um. So this yeah. is when Tenzin tells Cora to energy bend, and she's like, okay. It's like, oh, uh, yeah, duh, obviously, let's do it, and then just does it very well immediately. Which, like, it is harmonic convergence, so probably a lot easier for her now than any time before. But she really just picks up on that real quick. Yeah, mm -hmm. she's a fast learner now. Suddenly, she wasn't yeah. before, but she is now. Well, now that she's been guided by Jinora for an episode, she <laughs> is spiritually at peace. Jinora is that powerful. Mm -hmm. See, I thought I like. I feel like I remember when I was watching this live. I the thought of like maybe Jinora was like gonna become the new Rava. I feel like that yeah. was a thing. People oh, were also speculating, yeah. and like kind of just like be ua but for the avatar um which yeah, would be like sad if, to lose Janora like that if this if the light spirit had to exist outside of the avatar or like there was a split in the avatar where like yeah no i think that that i also felt like Janora was gonna have a much stronger connection to the resolution other than like this glowy light thing she does i thought that like she was like cora needs me like that sort of thing like that she floated away like i really thought that there was going to be like a new triumvirate of lesbianism or something. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> she just kind of ended up being twinkling Janora ex machima, but like, I don't know. I like a little twinkling. It's kind of fun. Yeah, it was cute. It was, no, I love Janora and like it, it was good, but I felt like it would have been a really good resolution to her overall story this season where like mm -hmm. if she were to ascend to become a spirit, Tenzin oh, would absolutely. be pissed. Like Tenzin would be so jealous. Like, <laughs> no, like, yeah. I, like I felt like it like that is that's where the story was headed. And yeah. so she's just like she's super spiritually powerful, which is cool too, but I'm like Yeah, then we could get like Cora like can consult Janora for stuff, like like, oh, I don't have past lives to talk to anymore, which she wasn't doing anyway. Um, I don't know why she's so upset she's losing that connection. Yeah, I'm more upset Aang, Literally, like, we understand the power of that, but she's like, yeah. she talked to Aang once on a cliff and then kissed a horrible man. Like, she really did not, like, really take in all that amazing yeah. past life goodness to its full extent. Yeah, because it doesn't even really seem like the Avatar state has lost power. 
Yeah. No, yeah. Because she can still go into the Avatar state. She, Which is like... Hmm? She just can't talk to the people she wasn't <laughs> talking to. <laughs> she already was not doing that yet. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make sense because like we learned in Avatar that it was the glow was from all the past lives. Apparently that's just... That was wrong, actually. <laughs> no, the glow is Rava now. Except Rava mm-hmm. was gone. I don't know. <laughs> Look, <laughs> we're not gonna get answers, and yeah. that'll just have to be how it is. Yeah. Um, I did like the. I did like when Cora was on the like spiritual path to herself. Like I, I love that imagery and loved it from Avatar. I, like, like I was saying, I think it would have been more powerful if she didn't remember who she was until this moment. But uh, it worked. I, you know, she goes. She like figures out who she is. She goes inside of herself. And like becomes massive woman and flies out into Republic City also, uh, and they have a big Power Rangers fight. Yes, mm-hmm. and it's very good. And and her spirit is still Rava colored, but Rava's not in her. But she, yeah. and she and she doesn't have the Avatar connections. She just happens to be the same colors as all those. Mm-hmm. I th- maybe it's she's just like Cora blue, like. She yeah, just, just also like, happens to be very into blue. Yeah. I figured she was blue for Cora, but yeah. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it and was it's like also... her her color was like the blue of Rava and then like the white outline was like the white of Rava. Mm-hmm. That's I, maybe Cora's just like not very original. Her favorite color is whatever Rava's favorite color is. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. <laughs> I, I, I would be the same. But like I haven't I didn't think about this while watching, but like she's doing this without Rava, like or in like potentially without bending ability whatsoever. Like so now Cora is just this spiritual creature. Like she I don't know, like I just don't feel like we got here. Like the tree of time is very powerful. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like we like this was Cora's issue from episode one. She didn't have a connection to spirits, and now like Without the Avatar connection, without her bending, she's now one of the most, like, uh, what's the word, Nirvana figures in the entire, like, existence? Like, how did that happen? How did we get here? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Which also begs the question, can anyone do this? Like, could we have had an entire team of giant people, like, beating up on Uno? I think the answer is yes. Yeah, (laughs) they just all just, like, Kick the shit out of him, like that's would, the they finale. Curb stomp him, <laughs> or at least like, or at least there are more people who can because, as we know from the finale of Avatar: The Last Airbender, before we bended the elements, we bended the energy inside of us. So like that power must be lying latent in people, and maybe only during harmonic convergence or times of major spiritual awakening, people can do this. Mm-hmm. And only Korra tried to do it, but I do think that not just like if Korra can do it, it seems like anybody could do it. Yeah, if she her if her weird ass can do it, you can too. Yeah. Um but yeah, so they just like shoot beams at each other, they wrestle a little. Um and eventually I this is a really well choreographed fight. I liked her like yanking him by his tentacles. That was mm-hmm. fun. Um but then at a certain point when like tries to like make her evil or something. I don't know. I don't know what I, he's trying yeah. to do here. I think he was trying to darkify her spirit. Maybe there's yeah, gonna be two dark avatars or something. Damn. Like, <laughs> Uh, because that's what we saw him do with other spirits, like, and I, and you know, I think it would have been a very interesting direction to take had that power worked. Uh, but it was stopped by some. Oh, by Dinora. She like descended and exploded in radiant light 
twinkled into the sky and said, I am here. I am a queen. And now you can do better things. And Cora said, yeah. thank you, queen. She <laughs> the glow. And that makes Rava come back to life. Um, congrats to Rava. I was like, oh, thank God. I was so, I was like in and out this whole time. Even like rewatching it, I was in denial because I couldn't remember it. And I'm like, no, she's not. She's not dead. It makes <laughs> sense because they flash back to like, you. one cannot actually destroy the other. And you're like, oh, cool, sick. Okay, so she she can't come back. Love that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that makes made sense to me. Yeah, it did. And then I liked the sort of look of like, her like pulling Rava out of, because there's like these like bubbles inside him. He's like very carbonated in there. Mm-hmm. She just like yanks Rava out. It's cute. Yeah, she just like shoves her her palm in there and like gets her out. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. While uh, this is happening, truly to give the rest of the team something to do, <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh, dark spirits go to attack the tree of time. Like these people were not like why weren't they here earlier to like fight while Korra and Unalak were fighting? Like what? All these dark spirits showed up in order to have something to cut to. Yeah. Absolutely. Am I am I speaking wrong? Am I speaking ill of the death? Absolutely not. No. no, that's I like fully forgot that was a thing that happened because it like really doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't. Yeah, I, I, I it would have been a bit, another moment where Boomy could like they could have all like done their bending like they all did it one at a time, and I would love to see Boomy at the end get his flute out and start just like <laughs> like flute fluting at the spirits would have been fun. That would have been cute if he like stopped the wave with like doodly do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I he did have a really good line here where like spirit chorus shows up like giant and he's like, What did you say to her? <laughs> That's <was> funny. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Yeah, oh, she okay. exits the tree and they're all like, um, all right, hold up. What the fuck was that? <laughs> Me, <laughs> they, they were really representing the audience there where we were just like, okay. <laughs> so that did anybody have giant blue cora coming out of the tree on their bingo card? No. <laughs> um, but so then uh, you know. Korra um, and Rava become Avatar again. Um, she like shuts the portal, right? I forget. How did she beat up Unalak? What happened there? Did she just kick the shit out of him? She she reverse engineered the card. spirit bending and like did it on him, and then right. he like just like faded away. Basically, got deleted. Yeah, yeah he yeah. like she like used the spirit water bending on Unalak that like he taught her at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. the ultimate no you. And then yeah. so he dies. And then so she goes back and becomes the Avatar again, shuts the portals. Or no, she like re disconnects them or something. The they disconnect. Like, harmonic converges ends. And like okay. the, the so she are... really didn't do anything here other than beat up Unalak. <laughs> well, she like she decided to keep them open. <laughs> like she opened them and decided to keep them open. But like That's she fair. didn't like that was always part of the like, and then the the purple dissipated and all that stuff. Uh, end of an era. I loved the purple earth. Yeah, I, I would have loved it. Purple. Yeah, I felt like that should have had a lasting effect for at least another season. I would love to have just like northern lights in the background of every night shot. Very mm-hmm. fierce. I this is really where I thought Genora's spiritual prowess was going to be important. Like. Really thought that she was going to have something to do with Cora and Rava reconnecting or something like something like that, but it didn't. Think again. Yeah. Cora <laughs> and Rava are back together. Cora says it's over, and then they cut the commercial break. <laughs> People love yeah. saying that in the show for real. They do. It's begun. It's over. <laughs> it's still happening. Like iterations of that. 
it may happen again. <laughs> Is this <laughs> happening right now? <laughs> yeah. Just every iteration of that. People very, very declarative statements yeah. from people. Um, and then when Janora then... finally wakes up in her bath, then Asami's there to be like, ah, and that's it. Like, that's all. Yeah, she... Janora's awake. <laughs> like, yeah. Great. Thanks, Queen. Asami was just like a prop this whole time, and it felt mm. really bad. <laughs> Like, she she was like literally just a plot point, like just a because like, we I realized now talking we still have not seen her react to Mako dropping her when Cora came exactly. back without memories. Like, like Cora, like we literally never got a reaction from her about that literally at all. Other than like her face was a little sad when Cora like ran up to kiss Mako when she was like I don't remember anymore and they just did not speak on it again and like they were all on this ship like they were on this ship going to the South Pole a couple episodes ago and like Mako was there Cora was there Bolin was like you want to talk about it Mako's like I think the fuck not and Asami is there like saying like hey we've got a distress call and it's like are we just and just she just cannot be emotionally satisfied we just cannot be mm -hmm. nice to her and it's so perfectly set up to be something that's talked about in this episode if she were to stay and fight alongside Makuma and Bolin like Asami and Maku could be like talking and like having their own relationship issues while mid-fight while Bolin and like Eska are also having a similar thing happen and like Desna can be like interjecting here like it just seems so easy to like build yeah. in they just like and had her run away for no reason <laughs> Literally after like the the whole thing of like Bolin like turning Mako's relationship advice back around on him, why not have both those kind of relationships come to a head here? No, 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 can't have that. Would never. Mm -mm. Um, Would never be me. Yeah, Eska and doesn't say they will not miss their dad at all. It's like, what is your character? <laughs> like, like, huh? Where is that coming from? Yeah. You... Like, this Bolin is where they. No. This is where they mention the mom finally, and they're like, okay. <laughs> like, Someone's got to tell mom. It's like, who? <laughs> who is she? Like, literally so bizarre. I don't understand why they existed other than for Aubrey Plaza to be in it, which I, I get that. Yeah. But, like, give her a character that does things, please. Yeah. Let her be a main villain. Exactly. For a whole season. I did no like when she was that. like, Eternal Darkness was upon us. I became caught up in the moment. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> Bolin invites Eska to move in and like come to Republic City, and now she's like, no. When like where like how? And like it would make sense if she was like, no, I have to like be there for my mom now that my dad literally died. It's like okay, yeah, that makes sense. But she's just kind of like, I'm not doing that. Yeah, <laughs> like, she's just like, yeah. actually, you were I in don't love with him all way. season. Yeah, like what? Mm -hmm. That yeah, was your motivation. Literally, like five seconds ago, that was her motivation to do something, and then it just like, just kidding. Like, and it would have made more sense for them to be like, "No, we have to go rule the Northern Water Tribe now." I guess because our cousin killed our dad. So yeah, and there's no reflection on like Bolin is with Ginger right now, like doing the exact same thing Mako did. Like, is not talked about at right. all. No, and then yeah, so then Cora declares in her bad speech that like. The Southern Water Tribe is independent. Didn't know it wasn't. Um, and also, some other people have decided who the chief will be, and it's going to be my dad. Hello, nepotism. Not a nepotism baby, a nepotism father? Okay, yeah. But also, I, it, was he not the chief the whole time? Like, I was, he I was, was already the chief of the Southern Water Tribe. So they're like, like, he's going to just keep 
doing it, I guess. But... Like, great, we're still independent. He's still our chief. That's yeah, great so news. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> return to form before, like, a gigantic invasion happened. Okay, cool, that makes sense. Yeah, they like, can't they yeah. have an election? They're in Republic City. They're ge- they're giving this announcement not in any of the tribes, but in Republic City. No, I yeah. thought that they were in the South Pole. Were they oh, not? I I, I thought it was Republic City too. I don't oh. fucking know. It's weird. Who can never be uh, sure? Not I thought me. It was helpful, but I don't remember. But, but uh, any like... either way, it's like why? Why did you just make this decision? Like they Unalak was a bad leader, and you didn't pick him, and so you're like, ah, oh, we're also gonna be cool with this other guy, his brother, who we are also not picking. Okay, okay. Yeah, and like <laughs> all of like. The, Corey needs to realize that her speech is being said to civilians around the world. And yeah. all civilians around the world have heard about the spirit world over the past two weeks is that gigantic purple creatures are coming out of the of the portals and like killing people. <laughs> and now she's like, yeah. I'm leaving them open. <laughs> and they're coming to your city. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. Like literally living in this time must be so stressful. <laughs> Honestly. Like, honestly, 100-year war, it was bad, but, like, at least it was predictable. We knew Fire Nation bad. That's all it was. Now yeah, we got to yeah. worry about fucking giant purple monsters showing up. And, like, the Avatar does not give a fuck and wants them actually to be here. Like, mm-hmm. that's scary. We yeah. also, like, there's like, this weird scene where Korra and Mako are, like, making up, and Korra's like, I'm so sorry I blew up at you. You do not need to apologize. Like, Mm -hmm. at all. It was, like, very much like when two people come together and they're both sorry about something. But it's like, Korra had nothing to apologize for. And, like, Korra's like, I remember, like, Korra's like, I remembered that you broke up with me. Like, Mako's like, I need to tell you something. Like, we actually broke up and blah, blah, blah. Korra's like, I remembered yesterday when i was in the tree and he, and it's he's yeah. like she's like why didn't you tell me he's like i didn't want you to be mad again it's like that's it's not like, this is not a resolution have some uh, yeah. emotional maturity mako this is this is why why i wanted to be on this episode though because it was like a their concrete are not together anymore which is a thing to be celebrated because Hallelujah. terrible terrible couple with like no chemistry and they're like, this this thing, you and I, it doesn't work. And I'm like, yeah. No yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> now, no. <laughs> yeah. now remembering and knowing that it was all leading up to a final full breakup, like where they are not going to get back together. I'm like, okay, like it, the plot line of them together this season actually kind of did work because it was all the reasons why they don't work and like it was all leading up to them being bad for each other and breaking up but like it was excruciating to get there (laughs) yeah it was like we maybe maybe didn't need to have a romantic involvement at all and she could have could have been interesting without the romance the teen romance or whatever i don't know about all that I know, it's like, why did we build up to that, of all things, in book one, and then, like, this entire book two has to be about how they are horrible to each other, like, could have told you that a long time ago, yeah. babes. And, like, literally, they have no moment in in book two where they are a good couple. None. It's like they start dating and hate each other immediately. They're, like, Wired. pissed at each other for talking, like, how dare you have problems and talk to me about them? Yeah, it's, okay, <laughs> okay, guys. Like, 
slay. But I mean, yeah. this is how I feel also watching Love is Blind. I'm like, you people hate each other. Why are you talking <laughs> to each other at all? So this whole final scene was kind of like when they say, I don't. Like that was the, this was the I don't moment for them. It was. And then it the was reunion the... will be a blast. True. They kiss and Corey gives her speech and the episode ends. Um, Hated the finale. <laughs> like I really felt like the finale was bad. No character moments that I felt good about. Like nothing yeah. was good, but I'm glad the season's over. Um, I am, I'm finally, we are finally at the good portion of the show. That when Yay. we come back after Survivor 42, uh, we will just be in the run of the, like some of the best episodes of the entire franchise. So Absolutely. I'm, I'm very excited to be at the precipice of greatness, but like this, that final episode really tested it's me. Rough. It's like, it stopped, but nothing was resolved. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. That's a good way to put it. And also, it's like last week's episodes were a better finale, honestly. They were. <laughs> you, like, felt like the stakes were more important and, like, they were more connected to, like, what we had been talking about yeah. weeks prior. And then suddenly this all is happening, so... It's like so Yay. weird because like the middle sort of part was the best part of this book. Like I feel like the foundation of the entire first half was so ass. So like they couldn't really go that much higher because their foundation was bad. But there were sprinkled in some like good moments, like obviously like the beginnings and like them coming to the South Pole, like all of them coming together and Boomy doing his crazy stuff. Like that, mm-hmm. I liked that part. That felt very avatar-y. That felt like it like fit. And then like the kaiju fight was fun and stuff, but the, like, like I said, it just like stops and it's just like, okay, like I'm not Great. satisfied. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I watched a thing for the, and it was the longest season of all the seasons. Like they took their time with it and I still don't know. Like I learned some things, I guess, but I don't know. Like learned literally nothing about the villain. Don't yeah. like, just like not not fun at all. At least at least book one can say that. At least we knew something about the villain by the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it was not very well done. Um I but I think like there were so many good ideas there, like you're saying, Marie. Like I feel like there were some simple restructuring and like changing like an episode here or there and just like putting different characters in different scenes. And like I feel like it could have been really good if we had gotten more information earlier about Vatu or like just like a bunch of things like that where like just simple things that would just make it more overall plot arc but like the first four episodes were about the civil war that ultimately went nowhere and then like we got into the spirit stuff and learned nothing and it just seems like there were good things but really like needed to be fleshed out 20 percent 40 percent more yeah they had like interesting concepts to a degree and then they just didn't really fully connect them they just would like happen and we would just like have to watch it yeah they name dropped like a thing they had in the notes for like the things they wanted to happen and they're like oh oh okay sure yeah Um, oh civil war sick okay yeah first avatar let's do it let's get on that more water siblings with like a troubled relationship okay yeah we'll keep doing that um, I found a poll on the subreddit from like a week ago and it was like, what's your favorite book? And this book had 3.5% of the vote. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a favorite book over the whole franchise or? Of no, Korra? over just Cora, gotcha. which is okay. like, 
it was like obviously book three was the most and and then i looked at the comments and one of them was like i voted book two as a joke so very sad i was so shook because i i didn't rewatch season one i just watched season two for this and i haven't seen any other of cora and i have such such positive memories of this show like i cried for two and a half hours at the finale of the show i was like it was like my personality for a a moment in my life and then i watched this and i'm like how did they make this season of a television show in the same show that they made these other seasons like this was just so it's just bizarre that it could be made by the same people like i i i I cannot believe that this is the same people who made book two of avatar yeah literally the same and worked on avatar like they brought in a lot of writers for book two that worked on the original show that they didn't have in book one and it's like what i'll tell you the secret actually is that they bring the women from avatar the women writers into book three and then it becomes actually that's the tea Okay. <laughs> like legitimately as soon as like women's names start coming up and they're like written by you're like oh we're in the good part that's awesome it tracks mm-hmm. okay well that was our coverage of legend of Korra book two um i'm so happy i can stop complaining about the show i feel bad for the past year of our time mm-hmm. um but we're here and i i apologize for being overly negative uh even though i tried to come in on a positive spin it didn't work um marie thank you so much for being here um thank will you, you let you. our fans know if you have anything you want to plug any social media you want them to find you on anything um you i am missy squeeze on many platforms i'm you know just a she they chaos queer living in columbus you can find me in uh twitter instagram i guess tiktok i guess like letterboxd i try to be funny on there sometimes i didn't know you were on letterboxd i am on letterboxd yeah Ooh. i like to plug my letterboxd that i'm not super active on but there i am um before we invite you back let me see your review of the batman i'm going <laughs> later today uh, i almost saw it the other day but i was actually unprepared for it being three hours long so i need to um <laughs> it's a long ass for myself but i'm very excited Maybe. for that um yeah i don't have anything to plug um probably just keep listening to this podcast because it's fun oh yes <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of plug i like to hear um yeah I'm glad Sam and I both like went to add you on Letterboxd. <laughs> yeah, I, I love how, that too. I don't too. know how this app works. I know <laughs> I, it takes me it takes me so long to figure out how to get people. You have to but... go to um the specific tab for members to find people, which is annoying. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so um, well, you can find me at Rain Dierks on Twitter. You can follow my other podcast, um, Shadow Play Gaze, with our amazing friend Christine Palin. You can find us at Shadow Play Gaze on Twitter. We talk about Revolutionary Girl Utsuna. We are almost to the end of that show. We're on the like final four episodes, I want to say. Um, it's getting real, y'all. Like, tune in if you haven't already. Um, yeah, what about you, Sam? I'm at Sam Standish on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow this podcast at Better Drew's Pod on Instagram and Twitter. We are going to be recapping season 42 of Survivor. We'll be dropping the cast assessment sometime soon. Um, we recorded that over the week or like last week, I think, mm-hmm. with Roan Talzma, who, Ooh. you know, recent Jeopardy superstar uh, and friend of the pod. Uh, what else? Yeah. Oh, we have 
we have a very exciting guest for the premiere recap of season 42 uh lining up pretty well won't reveal on pod just yet um and oh you can follow i started i did start doing twitch streams uh you can follow me on twitch at moon selector uh i did some dnd stuff on thursday or something last week and i'm gonna start rereading homestuck spoiler free uh on Whoa. twitch uh wow. on Monday. Yeah, the day you're, the day this podcast comes out that will be wow when i go live for the page one of homestuck i had oh, no man. idea this was happening I'm what a journey <laughs> yeah we'll see how long i stick with it but i'm excited about it <laughs> yeah I mean, you're in. For, if if all goes well, you're in for like years of content. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna it's be like old Avatar pages. Roku when you finish. I never finished it. I never got. I not, like. I after. I like. I, whatever was. I think Giga Pause or something like that. I never went back and actually finished. So I, you know, I, I gotta see how it wraps up. And I, I've, I've been thinking about it a lot. And I'm about to be unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a connection there? Who can yes, share? there's a one to one. Um, but yes, thank you, Marie, so much. A yeah. great, great friend. And um, we will see you all in t- for Survivor 42 cast assessment. I'm, th- I'm thinking we'll drop the day before um, or like maybe even the same day as this one. Who knows? Um, but, you know, just so you can really get a fresh take in your mind of like what we're in for for 42. But yeah, thank you all for listening to Book 2 of Korra. I'm ready for good books of Korra to come. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.